Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Brianna Proof Podcast. I am so excited because today we have the one and only Ben Brown, who is not only one of the original homies for Instagram and being intelligent, but he's also a fellow University of Bridgeport uh, guy. So we love that here. But for those of you who don't know Ben, you will absolutely be in love with him by the end of the episode. Ben is the owner of Body Systems Healing and Performance, which is a Scottsdale, Arizona-based nutrition fitness consulting business. He specializes in designing individual nutrition and fat loss programs. But wait, there's more. He's also the host of the Smart Nutrition Made Simple podcast. We're actually doing a podcast swap today. So be sure to check out that episode. He holds not one, but two master's degrees. The first is from Arizona State in the University in um, Exercise and Wellness with an emphasis in strength and conditioning. And the second is from the University of Bridgeport in Clinical Nutrition. And on top of that, he is also a devoted husband and a father of three, all around badass. Ben, welcome to the show. <laughs> wow, what an intro. Thank you. It's so nice to be here. I appreciate I you having me. I am super stoked to have you on the show. It's been a long time coming. Yeah, totally. And I'm so excited for you. Uh, your podcast is amazing and I love everything that you're up to. So I'm you know, psyched to speak. Thank you. That's quite an honor coming from you because I'm sure you are one of the original homies in the podcast world and <laughs> it's so inundated now. So I'm sure people are like, oh, no way. Another person with another health podcast, like what could possibly be said? So we'll definitely talk about your podcast in a minute. But sure. when I was prepping for your show, this episode, um, I was looking at your one, you know, tagline, which you talk about, um, you know, wanting to help fathers and mothers build a better body and, you know, create the energy to show up for their family. And so because you do so many things, I would love to hear what your definition of balance is. And how do you actually know if you've had a balanced day when you check in with yourself at the end of the day and you're like, that was it, that was the there's day. no such, it, it, I would be the first to admit there's no such thing as balance. That is ethereal bullshit. And I think that, you know, it's, it's something that I've really had to acknowledge and identify over the years because listen, I, I think in any element of our life, um, there's always going to be something that needs to be prioritized. Now, whether it's family, whether it's business, whether it's it's finances, whether it's health, right? Um, and so what we often talk about with our clients is we kind of talk about seasons of of change, seasons of nutrition, whatever it is, you know, respectively that we're discussing, but it's really understanding is like, listen, there's going to be times when I'm just going to have to be nose down to the grindstone plugging away uh, on, on business, where I'm going to have to be um, really investing time in my family or wanting to be investing time in my family and, and, and giving, you know, business the back seat, right. And I think so I think there's always this sort of undulating approach to at least that's the way that I look at it is accepting that for me, balance, just given my lifestyle, given being a business owner, husband, father, right? There's a lot of things that are pulling me in a lot of different directions. Um, and so I think it's important to be okay with that, but also sort of determine what it is that I'm prioritizing at any given time, right? So I know like right now, coming into the, you know, for us health professionals, like kind of coming into the new year, I often look at quarter one, as like, let's go, right? It's just like business, growth, um, content creation, and 
um, really just trying to start the year off right and kind of uphold some of the goals that we set for 2022 here, but then also knowing, okay, Q2 is sort of like, all right, easing up the gas a little bit, um, kids going into summer vacation, we're going to be traveling more. So for example, like we have a three week trip to Hawaii scheduled where we like rented a house on the beach on, um, on Kauai, where it's like, I don't even think there's internet service, if you can imagine that. Um, and I so I, I'm fully acknowledging like, okay, that's like for me, I'm going to be backing off, prioritizing family health, recovery, regeneration. Um, and then, you know, so we just kind of have these, these different seasons that we're approaching. So for me, that's, that's the idea of balance on a day by day basis. Who I just, it's, it from from sun up till sundown it is a uh a proverbial uh madhouse and it's just kind of the way it goes at least in my life right now i love that you said that actually because i think there's two main camps there's like the grind till you die and like just sleep when you're dead and it's yeah. like yeah i think that that's we're done with that and then there's also the people who are like you have to just like do a 45 step routine in the morning and meditate right. for 90 right. minutes and it's like to your point, I think it is about priorities and that goes into whether that's prioritizing what's important. We all have the same 24 hours. Like no one is gifted an extra one hour or two hours or whatever it is. So I think that is really important. I would be interested to hear, I've, I'm not, you know, like a mom yet or a wife yet. And on any of these things, goals for me for sure. But I do, I have clients who they experience a lot of this mom guilt or this dad guilt or the, the case of a, I should be doing X, Y, Z or comparing mm -hmm. or whatever, right? This uh, of all of that stuff, the grind mode. So how can somebody sort of start to detach from those mental shackles, if you will, of playing the should game um, or feeling like I have this dad mom guilt because I am trying to do all of this and prioritize and whatever. Like how, how's that experience been for you? Or what would you say to somebody who's maybe experiencing that, you know, now? Yeah. I mean, it's so hard. It's so seemingly difficult. I, I think really it, it comes down to just what you're realistically committing to and, and setting reasonable expectations for yourself is like, listen, at the end of the day, it's, it's rare we're going to be able to put in the kind of time that we feel like we should, and perhaps that is even necessary with our kids in this day and age, assuming we have two working parents. It's like, listen, I mean, there's only so many hours in a day, and just with the nature of, of our society and our lifestyles, of course, that's something that we could change should we choose to live a different lifestyle. I could move to a farm, and I could, you know, I don't know, like work the land and whatever, like homeschool the kids, but I'm not going to do that. And so with that is understanding, okay, well, like I have time in the morning before they go to school. Um, I have time after school and we're starting to get into a period of our children's lives where they're starting to, to be more involved in sports. Mm -hmm. um, our, our girls are, are 12 and 10. Our son is six. And so um, that's actually been nice to the degree that we'll take them to sporting events, we'll spend time at the event. Now, whether I'm listening to a podcast while I'm watching my daughter's gymnastics, whether I'm actually, you know, coaching my son's rugby team and actually spending much more quality time with him there. So that's actually been really nice to spend time with him. But I think it really comes down to like, okay, well, what are some realistic expectations that I'm setting on myself? Otherwise, I'm just going to drive myself crazy with guilt um saying they're growing up so fast i didn't spend enough time with them 
blah, blah, blah. I'm sure I'm going to feel like that regardless. Right. So it's, it's like, okay, well, how can I still prioritize it um, as much as possible? And again, so I personally commit to like, all right, so, you know, there's like the time for us is between 7am and basically 8am when they wake up, I make them a, a breakfast, we get their lunches packed, you know, can at least have a little bit of interaction and then they're off to school. And then after school, we have kind of our sports time and that becomes a non-negotiable, like, okay, I'm for the most part, right? Is okay from 5 p.m. or 6 p.m. until bedtime eight or nine is I'm invested in doing whatever needs to be done with them. Sometimes it's just driving around, sometimes it's cooking dinner, sometimes it's reading books, but in whatever capacity I, I can get a little bit of time with one or multiple of them. I love that. And I think that you, I think that's a really important topic for, you know, cause sometimes people maybe come to your page and they just see that you, you know, you have the supplement stuff, you have the working with clients one-on-one, -on -one, all that. But I think it's also really impressive that you're also like a dad, a husband, an entrepreneur, like, because you, it is possible to do it all, but it just does take priorities. And I do know that you also, this can kind of, I think, bleed into other areas of our health life, if you will. And I know that you have a background in, you know, the training part of things too, yeah. which I love because it's kind of like picking a favorite child. You can't write it where it's, yeah. even though we all, we all know parents kind of like one kid a little 100%, bit more, but that's fine. Yeah. We all, we all know that. I joke <laughs> with my mom and dad all the time. Um, but so because you have this background in training and nutrition, I am really interested to hear your philosophy on sort of this idea of maximizing results while minimizing suffering. Cause I know you did a whole kind of post on this idea of like the more extreme of an approach that you take to let's say dieting, for example, is I know the post that you made, like doesn't always mean that you're going to actually get more extreme results. Right. right so like right. you're not always maximizing your results. You're just maximizing your suffering, which I thought was such an interesting way to put that. So like, mm -hmm. where are some areas of people's lives or what are some steps that you would maybe say to a client or somebody you're working with where they can maybe start to maximize some results and minimize some of the suffering that is maybe self-induced and maybe just part of the, the cards that we've been dealt? Well, I it, listen, I think, and that's a great question, Brianna, but I think it all comes down to setting realistic expectations and, you know, what we see out there is not reality around what we think we need to do to get good results is not usually actually what needs to happen i mean do we need to strength train do we need to move do we need to sleep do we need to generally eat healthy food yes to all of the above but it's really only relevant based on how it fits within your lifestyle and and where again we're coming back to like where your priorities lie and so for someone to say well i want to get lean and healthy and strong is now all of a sudden i need to start strength training four days a week and i need to go paleo and i need to start getting ten thousand steps a day and i need to sleep at nine hours and i need to do a morning routine it's like we might think that that's what's necessary when in reality it's like you're here and for those of you that are just listening i'm holding my hand on one side and we've got a massive gap to the other side of where you want to be it's like hey hey there's like um hundred different things that you could start to focus on that are going to help you bridge that gap you definitely don't need to do all of it at once in fact i would encourage you to definitely not do all of it at once because that is a surefire way to get completely overwhelmed and quit and say screw it everything and continue to reinforce the behaviors that have created the situation that you're in 
right? So instead of saying, well, what is the low hanging fruit right now? What is the thing? And this is one of the things that we really help kind of identify with our clients is understanding, okay, well, like, here's the things you're doing well, here's the things that we could be doing better, here's where you wanna go here. And now that we have an understanding of your lifestyle and your readiness for change and your pre-existing knowledge and your kind of commitment levels and your responsibilities and your food preferences, right? Um, and your personality type is like, okay, it would seem logical for us to kind of start with these one or two things, right? And say, let's really start to reinforce those right? Committing to maybe just moving enough throughout the day, just starting to walk, right? Just starting to drink more water, just starting to stop snacking so frequently between your meals. Like all of these things are going to move the needle, right? And when it's, when, when we can start to see progress, we're going to drive momentum, which is going to drive compliance, which is going to continue to drive momentum, right? And that's real ultimately what we want to have happened. So this is almost this kind of hashtag least mode type mm -hmm. of approach, right? It's like we want, I, honestly, like I almost want to be lazy about it is, is, is we want to take, we want to put in the least amount of effort to, to experience maximal amount of results until we need to start to enforce the next thing. I love that. The sweetness of doing nothing, tale as old as time and, you know, Italian culture for sure. I think I, and I, I just did this on your, you know, podcast, like the doing less, doing yeah. less, undoing, unlearning, like that is so much more difficult for people for, for some reason. And I would be interested to hear how you deal with clients who maybe have either done this practitioner hopping, or they've done a bunch of other, you know, 12 week, this and that, and they come to you and they're not quote, seeing the results that they want to see and their unrealistic expectations. Um, because I have coaches that listen to this and then I have people who are on the client side of this. So like, where is that conversation or how do you even have that conversation mm. with somebody where it's like, okay, realistically, maybe you're not doing everything. And at the end of the day, from your perspective, like you're not a magician, you're not going to fix everybody. You're not going to heal everything. Like yeah. where do we start to even, you know, like kind of break that down? I think it's important to understand what isn't working what hasn't worked and for them to acknowledge that the diets that they've tried in the past actually didn't work right so we we often talk to a lot of people they're like i did keto and it worked great i'm like well why are we having this conversation well because i gained the weight back so it didn't work Is, are, we, are we clear that like it actually didn't work for you and why didn't it work well, because it just wasn't sustainable for me. Okay, okay, why wasn't it sustainable? Oh, because I have kids and like, I would just kept eating their fries and then I had girls weekend and I was drinking the wine and so I'd be keto during the week and blah, 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 right? We know how the story goes, but it's like, okay, well, there's nothing wrong with that, right? Do you want to be able to enjoy some wine and French fries, you know, on the weekend or with your kids and, you know, when you're out and I'm traveling? Yeah, of course. And so, you know, if I were able to show you how to do that, is that something that you feel would be interesting, you know, or something that you'd want to take on? Yeah, of course. And so it's first and foremost, helping people understand, like, we don't have to be overly restrictive, right? We don't have to be binary, black or white, all in, right? Having to do these restrictive dieting uh, regimes, if you will, uh, and, and really acknowledging it's like, listen, there's, as I said, there's there's sort of a lot of things that we can focus on. Most important is that you're committing to long-term change. And now here's where I'm going to be really open, honest, and upfront with you and transparent is saying this is not going to happen in 30 days or three months. 
right? Or certainly three weeks is saying all of, you know, all of our programs are minimum of six months and most of our clients stay on for at least a year plus now. And, and, and then again, as I'm very upfront with that, uh, uh, about that upfront is be saying, is by saying we can help you get great results, but you have to be committed to long-term change. And the only way we're going to create long-term change, Brianna, is by helping you change your skills and behaviors around your eating habits, around your lifestyle habits, around your training and what you're doing and not doing, right? Because we can agree that what you're currently doing isn't working for you, right? That's why we're having this conversation. So instead, if we were to help take kind of what you're doing well right now and then help kind of reinforce that as well as teach you the things that are going to continue to move the needle, right? Wouldn't that make more sense so that at the end of a year of working together, you can walk away from this program, not only being your leanest, your healthiest, your strongest, whatever, whichever and all of those goals you're focused on, but also having the autonomy and the flexibility and freedom to be an adult and say, I'm going to drink the wine if I want to drink the wine. And if I want to eat my kids French fries, I'll eat them because I know how that impacts me now versus, well, it's not on the list of acceptable foods. Therefore, I can't eat that. That's no way to live. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, I, I mean, that's the whole, that's the objective is people need to be empowered to take control of their health journey. This is not our responsibility as a coach. We are your co-pilot. We are your support system. We can guide you, but you have to put in the freaking work. Yeah. And so it's about acknowledging that there's no short-term quick fix. Like people say, when am I going to be able to just do whatever I want? It's like, you never can do whatever you want. Yeah. You know, because you're never going to be able to eat and drink with reckless abandon, which I think is what people are looking for. <laughs> yeah, probably. You know, and not have it matter. It's yeah. always, it always matters. And so it's just helping people take responsibility for that. Yeah. yeah. And I love that you said that too about the behavior component, because life is a series of choices, decisions, consequences. And a lot of that goes back to either narratives that actually are not serving us anymore or that we have conned ourselves into believing that we think is just easier to believe or yeah this diet didn't work because not because right. of me but because the right. di the diet right now that's where we see the internet zealots of whatever um but it ultimately does go back to behaviors making it a lifestyle change and mm -hmm. i think that's important too for on the coaching side of things like you can absolutely fire a client if they are really not taking their responsibility to be like you know what i'm not actually listening i you're doing all of the work and i'm just gonna now blame you so mm. i i think that's actually a really nice segue into the conversation i wanted to have with you about the topic of calorie deficits. I recently did a video on TikTok making a joke about, oh, so weird, you know, I stopped putting butter and MCT oil and all this stuff in my coffee and then lost weight or whatever. And people were like having arguments in the comment section about it, like going on and on. They were like, this is promoting disordered eating, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, what I'm saying is that do whatever you want at the end of the day. But at some point, the original quote fat burner is calorie deficits, right? Like yeah. we do at some point have to be aware of that. And I know you did this idea of if you never track, you'll never know. So 
where are you seeing some issues with, you know, either chronic dieting, if somebody's even ready to be going on a diet, the idea of quote, broken metabolisms, just, Mm. I would love to hear all of your philosophies on that, because those are some hot button topics. Hell yeah. I I love that. Um, And who, where do I start? Well, listen, it's, it's inarguable that in order to lose weight is we have to find a way to create a calorie deficit, right? Whether that's by eating less and or exercising more. Okay, just let's just let's just get that out there and I'll be very clear. It's it's straight physics, right? Now, I think we can also agree that most people, whether they realize it or not, are overconsuming calories and they're probably underexpending calories as well. So it's perfectly reasonable to say, eat less and move more. However, it's so, so nuanced. And you and I will always say, the answer to any of these questions is, it always depends and it always depends on biochemical individuality and the certain person's situation. And and certainly there is going to be a percentage, uh, albeit a small percentage of population, especially people that have been chronic dieters, right, where we're going to see a myriad of issues associated with under eating with perhaps some level of metabolic compensation based on the fact that they have in fact been under eating and or over exercising perpetually for a period of time. Now, I don't really want to get too much into the nitty gritty of that, but legitimately what I have observed is that there are legitimately people that are potentially under eating calories relative to, again, like theoretically what they should be eating for their, you know, um, lean muscle mass, for their body fat levels, for their height and weight, for their resting metabolic rate. Uh, It's just the body's amazing ability to adapt to stimulus, right? Now, whether the stimulus is um, uh, is lower calories, over-exercise, stress in the environment, right? That's what our body does. That's what our metabolism does. It maintains homeostasis based on all of these continual variances, continual fluctuations, right? Temperature and, and, and um, calorie intake and environment and so on and so forth, right? And so I think that the whole idea that someone's metabolism is broken is completely ridiculous. Um, I think Thumbs that- Thumbs up for people who are only <laughs> listening, yes. I, I think that it's something, listen, it's, it's, it's hard because I, I think this idea is being perpetuated throughout our, our, our fitness and nutrition industry as a catch-all to drive as a, as a headline. And listen, I'm- perhaps just as guilty as the next person, because it's something that someone can resonate with when they don't realize that the things that they've done in the past have set them up for failure all along. It's not that your metabolism is broken. It's not your thyroid's fault, generally speaking. It's not your hormones fault. Rather, it's obviously the 
the myriad of diets that you've tried, the, the perpetual yo-yo dieting. And yes, we can, we can certainly understand that the metabolism does adapt to certain stimuli. So if you perpetually undereat, then yeah, perhaps your resting metabolic rate will start to slow down. But what also will happen is your you will um, naturally start to reduce your levels of movement. Your levels of hunger will reduce, right? You'll hold on to more body fat. And so I think that's where it's really relevant to, to take the individual approach and understand, okay, what is it that you're really currently doing? This is potentially where tracking can really come in handy is acknowledging like, is this someone who legitimately does under eat calories, mm -hmm. right? Because I, I would say that those are few and far between. Oftentimes what happens is we get a, a new client and they say that they perpetually under eat, but what we see is perhaps they under eat during the week, but then the weekend's a freaking melee, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, yeah, you ate a thousand calories a day for the week, but then you're eating 3000 calories and drinking 3000 calories on the weekend. And so we're in this just vicious cycle, right? It's like calories matter most. Um, and when you're doing that to yourself, there's it's it's no surprise that you're holding on to body fat right so understanding listen the metabolism is doing what it's supposed to do it's 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 our responsibility to start to provide the appropriate stimulus to put our body in the best possible position to gain muscle mass to lose body fat to restore homeostatic function energy levels sleep mood energy, cognitive function, libido, digestive health. And that's what needs to happen, whether or not we are leveraging tracking to change our behaviors. Absolutely. I'm so happy that you brought that up too, about this idea of your metabolism isn't broken. And we're not talking in case people are so sensitive. We know we're not talking about people who legitimately are working through eating disorders. They have disordered relationships with food. Like that's very serious stuff. You should be working with a therapist. You shouldn't yeah. even, the word diet shouldn't even be coming out of your mouth, right? Like that's right. a totally different, that's not who we're talking about. What I also see, which is very annoying, I'm sure you see this too, the people who are promoting it the most are were the people at one time who were also posting all the pictures of their mm. low-calorie food and this and that, and now all of a sudden their, quote, metabolism is broken and they had a reverse diet up and mm. now they're taking on clients miraculously with no nutrition background or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that is where I think it is dishonest and misleading to people. And then the second layer is, yeah, your metabolism isn't broken, to your point. You've under-eaten all week long and then you just went batshit crazy on the weekend and then created a cycle, you know? And so that's where I think people then add in saying, okay, well, I'll just do a waist trainer on Monday. I'll do more cardio. I'll take a supplement, which I would actually love to hear because I know that you have your complete essentials supplement. Mm -hmm. And I want to hear about the inception of that because I think there is absolutely a time and place to add in supplements to a ready, healthy diet lifestyle foundational stuff. So if somebody was coming to you, they're working with you for a while, they want to add this in here, talk to me a little bit about your supplement company, because that's amazing and a huge accomplishment. And there are so many garbage supplements. I've been in the nutraceutical world for eight years. I work with private label manufacturing. I get how shady it is. So hats off to you for having an amazing product. So can you tell a little bit, tell the people a little bit about your product and what people maybe should be looking for in general, if they're going to be adding in a supplement? Yeah, sure. Um, so our, our complete essentials is, has been quite the journey. Um, I think we formulated the product around 
2015 and the inception was really like, you know, I was training clients in person still at the time. And, uh, I was having clients taking, you know, five or six different products in and around their workouts. And one of my clients, James was like, dude, this is kind of ridiculous. Like it's like a lot of product. I was having taken, you know, essential amino acid capsules and like BCA powder and then like electrolytes in their water. And then um, we were using uh, citrulline malate powder. So he's got like five different bottles. And he's like, this is really ridiculous, dude. Um, it's expensive. It's time consuming. Like, I'm just not going to stick with this. He's like, why don't you just create your own product? I was like, well, I don't like, I wouldn't have the first clue about how to do that. He's like, well, Coincidentally, my brother-in-law is a manufacturer. This was here in Scottsdale. Um, why don't we just sit down with them and, and kind of, you know, we can hash it out. I was like, all right, you know, fine. And so long story short, we sat down. I made kind of a longer laundry list of the things that I wanted in a product. And I had been studying for a few years with Charles Poliquin. Mm. You're familiar with Charles Poliquin, yeah. rest in peace. Um, world-renowned strength and conditioning coach, brilliant, brilliant guy, very polarizing in many different capacities, but absolutely brilliant when it comes to sports supplementation and performance. And so I felt like I was um, kind of uh, on the cutting edge of, of sort of what he had observed because he was always about 10 or 20 years ahead of the research always. in terms of, of, of products and supplements. And so just learning from him, I kind of knew the stuff that that worked that we didn't really know about yet in sort of terms of sports science, um, the essential amino acids being one of those relative to just the BCAAs. And to be clear, the essential amino acids are nine, uh, you know, nine of, of the essential amino acids versus just the three uh, BCAAs, the branch chain amino acids. So BCAs are just three of the nine. And these are all the uh, amino acids, the, the building blocks of protein that we need to get from food, right? Or supplementation that our body can't manufacture. And there seems to be a, you know, a, a really nice response in terms of when we can leverage those proteins in and around training to say nothing of just our general protein needs, which for a lot of people, they need to increase those anyways in their daily life. So anyways, long story short, as we came up with this comprehensive plot product, hence the name Complete Essentials, is predominantly the essential amino acids to fuel yourself in and around your workouts. It's working with a lot of you know, busy moms and dads, so to speak, and coming in training first thing in the morning, right? Not eating any breakfast and, and then going home and kind of getting running around with the kids and getting them ready for school. And, and so we knew we wanted to kind of have a bolus of nutrition around that time frame. And so it was, okay, we're going to provide the proteins necessary. We're going to provide the electrolytes. Um, so sodium, magnesium, potassium as being the big minerals there, uh, as well as citrulline malate, which helps with kind of work capacity, helps kind of removing ammonia and, and, and lactate, the, by, the, the byproducts of the training. So people can feel like they can work harder with shorter rest periods, as well as recover faster and are less sore from their workouts. And so that's really kind of like the main drivers of, of the product. And um, yeah, it's been just a, a really interesting journey. Our, our intention has been to have more products, but the truth is it's really just kind of a moonlighting gig for us. It's kind of like a on the side fun um, project. We just have, you know, we have the complete essentials. We have one flavor grape. We had a lemon lime 
And while it was popular, we didn't really have the demand to necessitate continuing to have two products on the market. Uh, And so now it's like we're on Amazon, we're on our website, bslnutrition.com, or sorry, it's it's bslnutritionshop.com. And it's just a, a good, robust kind of training product for people to use in and around their workouts that doesn't have any stimulants. So it's no caffeine, no artificial sweeteners. It's just stevia based. And um, yeah, so when it comes to choosing supplements, this has definitely been something that I have curbed my enthusiasm around over the years as I've worked with more and more clients. Initially was kind of out of the gates, especially someone studying from Charles Poliquin, who's the supplement king, Mm -hmm. um, was like, you need to be taking all of these products. And as I've alluded to is we really want to take this less is more approach. And I think that, and Brianna, this is something that I've really started to acknowledge and observe, uh, certainly in our coaching practice as of late is like, the things that we can do to not overwhelm the client mm-hmm. are going to be the reasons why the client continues to be successful, right? Yeah. Is it's really easy to overwhelm someone depending on where they're coming from. And so if you start coaching with us and I give you, I tell you, you need to start tracking your calories and you need to like follow this meal plan. And you need to, you know, get, like I said, 10,000 steps and you need to strength train four days a week. And you're, you're someone who's like, you don't even know what protein is, right? And you're eating predominantly like takeout. Well, gosh, what a, a, a gap that's going to be to bridge. How overwhelming is that going to feel to say nothing of if then I'm like, okay, now here's your fish oil. Here's your multivitamin. Here's your blood sugar support. Here's your sleep support. Like here's your digestive enzyme. You'd be like, I'll see you later, man. This is just not going to happen. Yeah. And so with that is I've really started to introduce supplements later on down the road because we fully understand that the nutrition and the lifestyle are going to be the biggest drivers of change. And if and when someone is ready, then we'll start to talk about how and why we would incorporate supplementation. And usually it's condition specific, right? Around do we need some digestive support? Is it someone that you know um, needs just a, a little more supplemental protein? Perhaps they need some magnesium uh, for helping uh, calm their nervous system, right? Maybe it's uh, vitamin D supplementation. Maybe it's just a comprehensive multivitamin, multimineral. Maybe they have some specific blood chemistry issues that need to be supported through some herbal protocols, uh, but really it's it's been very very generalized very foundational and really the way that we work with it is is just supporting companies that are are gmp certified you know what we call kind of practitioner grade companies right they're 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 the pharmaceutical grade uh supplements that we know are leveraging therapeutic doses of the ingredients and the ingredients on the label are what's actually in the product Right. And they're what's also substantiated by the literature as to um, what we know are going to help people get the results that they're looking for. Right. Yeah. And what we can legally and safely say without having a lawsuit on our hands. But this is why (laughs) you're one of my favorite people, because 
I couldn't have said that better myself about all of the above. And I think that is a huge red flag. Um, if you have a practitioner who's like week one, take all of these things and you're like, but wait, why? Like in the right. first place. So I think that that's important. Um, I could have you on all day, but before I let everybody know where they can follow you and just so everybody knows all of his information will be in the show notes. So where you can buy his amazing supplement, you can work with him, all that. I want to do some fun semi rapid fire questions because Sweet. some of them are a little bit more than like a yes, no, but okay. some of them came in from some people on Instagram. Oh, some of them are from right. myself. So, okay. okay. Um, are you ready for some fun rapid fires? Yeah. Okay. Yes. First oh. things first. Okay. Is this bro science or real science? If it's not burning, you're not working hard enough. <laughs> That's bro science. Bro science. Glad to hear it. Okay. 100%. Is squatting bad for your knees? No. Are kettlebells. You want me to elaborate? Up? Yeah. Give like a little bro elevator pitch. I mean, like, listen, if, if you squat and it hurts your knees, don't squat. It's like squatting is not the end all be all. So let's let's get out of this, you know, binary approach to nutrition and fitness, because the answer is always it depends. So yeah. don't ask dumb questions. OK, first of all, be and seriously, like, don't ask dumb questions. Um, <laughs> and then beyond that, it's like, OK, now let's look into why perhaps it's hurting and is there something that needs to be changed with your form hey squatting's not for everyone we all have different lever arms and 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 height differences and and whatever so i guess it depends on your goals what what you're looking to do because there's a lot of ways we can work around a squat absolutely most of the time just don't try and dry raw dog 145 on the squat rack and then wonder what's going on with your knees i take like eight sets to warm up so agreed um yeah. this was an interesting question what is your opinion on the benefits of unilateral versus bilateral strength and conditioning movements? Any sort of uh, I, I, hype, I any mean, bro science, any no, benefits? I think, I think in the initial stages, so I think if someone is new to strength training, they are going to significantly benefit from more unilateral exercises um, because of the nervous system uh, demand, because of asymmetries. Uh, okay. in the body and so because of teaching movement patterns however it really depends on that person's level of experience coordination skill development because again strength training is a skill right so if we go directly into unilateral so so one-sided romanian deadlift with the kettlebell is like dude do they even know how to hinge at the hips Right. And if they don't, well, okay, that's going to be a really complex exercise to teach them. So perhaps it would make more sense to teach them a bilateral, right? A, a regular Romanian deadlift so that they can learn how to hinge before we move them to unilateral. But in that same circumstances, like maybe if their knees hurt when they squat, well, maybe we should start with like a split squat and we're doing more one side at a time so that we can get that ankle flexion, knee flexion, hip extension, right? Um, movement down. Love that. Okay. Bro science or real science? Pilates will make you look toned and lifting weights will make you bulky. Eating too many cupcakes will make you look bulky. Love that. Yes. <laughs> Can't. That's it. The exercise is no core. Well, very little correlation to weight loss. We know that very clearly in the research. Agreed. I'm with you. Okay. 
favorite piece of gym equipment or a piece of gym equipment that you think is the best bang for your buck for people to invest in? Ooh, man. That's hard. Again, is I, I would really base it on the person, but my favorite piece of gym equipment would be a glute ham developer reverse hyper combo mm. um, because you can strengthen. So I feel like the hamstrings are the most neglected muscle group on the body that have the biggest bang for your buck in terms of um, creating balance uh, throughout the body, preventing knee issues and lower back issues. So with the reverse hyper glute ham developer, we can train the hamstrings and the glutes and the lower back in a bunch of different uh, ranges of motion and coordination patterns. So from like an athletic development standpoint, that is uh, a great and underutilized piece of equipment. For the general population, I would probably say, um, geez, maybe just a, a set of dumbbells and an adjustable bench is like, we can do a lot of stuff with that. Evidenced by the last two years of me having to do ridiculous programs for people from their home. Absolutely. <laughs> On the um, opposite side of that, what is either the most overrated piece of gym equipment or the most overrated gym movement? <laughs> I know I'm like the, the Barbara overrated. Walters of health this and fitness. This is great. These are fun questions. I like this rapid fire. The most overrated is the half BOSU ball. I knew the, you were going to say that because I agree. Yes. God, does that thing suck? Um, and doing any type of other exercise while you're on the BOSU. Just stop it. Just stop, please. I I okay. And beyond that, um, let's see. What the most overrated? What was the second part? Um, most overrated movement, but yeah, anything on the BOSU ball, basically. The most overrated movement, honestly, the most overrated movement might be like the, the hip thrust now, like mm -hmm. the, the ridiculous, um, number of women thinking they need to hip thrust to build the booty. I listen, it's a great exercise, but I think people are putting them in comp, putting themselves in some compromising positions. Um, uh, just based on the bench height, the amount of weight on their hips, low back integrity, um, so on and so forth. Um, with that, then if you have a girl coming to you, who's like, I want to have a Kim Kardashian booty, which I don't understand this trend, but whatever, what would you say is the best booty building movement? Uh, pick better parents next time. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> listen, listen, guys. Uh, I mean, there's only so much muscle mass you're going to put on. Um, and so the, I, I would say like high box step ups are great for, um, engaging glutes, you know, any kind of, uh, split squats are great depending on the position of the torso. Um, you know, so squatting is great for, for uh, engaging glutes. Squatting is great for engaging glutes. So assuming you're getting low enough in your squat, Love reverse it. hypers are great for, for building your glutes. So there's a lot of different things that you can do beyond just hip thrusts and clamshells. I agree. Um, <laughs> a recent book that you've read that has had a profound impact. It could be either on your mental health, emotional health, financial mm. health, anything. Oh, or it could man. be a podcast episode that you listen to or something like that. 
a recent book that I've read, um, I'm forgetting the name now, shoot, uh, it was a book on finances. Um, you know what, I'm, I'm spacing we'll put it. put it in the show notes, we'll circle back to that. Might be okay. like money mindset. Okay. Um, right. we'll, we'll, we'll fact check yeah, we'll later. have to circle back. I apologize. I, I'm, I'm, I'm spacing on the name of it, but it was really good because, um, it was, it was giving a very practical approach to basically investing in finances in sort of it, it's, the, it's, you know what, it's a very similar analogy to what we talk about around nutrition and fitness. And I think that if, you know, when we talk about investing, it can feel incredibly overwhelming and we feel like. I'm 40 years old and I haven't really started to, I don't have a savings, you know, and I, I don't have enough money in the stock market and I'm not going to be able to retire when, and so either I, I've missed my window, but the reality is like, well, you could probably start putting something away today, tomorrow, the next day. There's a beautiful thing around compounding interest. And it's the same thing with our health and fitness. It's like, what can we do today that's going to compound over time? And so the author, which I wish I could remember, does a very good job of giving stories and analogies and, and using great examples of people like Warren Buffett, who all they've done is really um, it's not like they've made these incredible investments, but they've played the long game, right? Is they've just put a reasonable amount of money for a very long period of time and let the market do its work. And it, it's same idea. So it really resonated with me in that capacity. I love that. I absolutely love that. Um, most overrated supplement you see currently trending or maybe fr one from the past? Like pre-workouts probably. I knew it. That was going to be one of my questions, but I nixed it. I love that. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, I only have a couple more. I have four more questions and then. Okay. You got a good questions. Like Thank you. Um, favorite non-physical compliment to receive. Because I think sometimes uh, on social media, you know, people will sometimes maybe think of you a certain way and then they meet you in real life and whatever. So you get weird compliments. Sometimes you're like, that was, that was nice to hear, you know, <laughs> like somebody wants, I've actually had quite a few people be like, you are literally the same exact person as you are online and in real life. And I'm like, thank you. I'm people say I'm a lot more sarcastic than they, they thought I would be. I like it. That's a great, it's a sign of intelligence yeah. to be sarcastic. Yeah. Well. Okay. Piece of advice you would give yourself on your wedding day, since you are successfully married with three children and a business seems to be going well. So what do you wish somebody would have said to you on your wedding day or a piece of advice you would give to maybe one of your kids when they're getting married on their wedding day? Mm, man. On my wedding day, you know, maybe after a year of reflecting on marriage, you're like this first year, there's a lot going on. And we have, I, I think, you know, I, I think is like, just be open to changing, right? It, uh, is, is be open to the fact that you are going to change as a person, your wife is going to change as a person. And, you know, your relationship is going to is going to adapt as you grow. And, and it's a beautiful thing, but it's also going to be a challenging thing. And so understand that it's going to take work in that capacity, but it's also going to help you build a better relationship. Right? so be ready for it. Love that. The long game as well. Finances, health, Indeed. marriage, getting that long, long game. Long game as well. Okay. Um, 
What is a mantra and or affirmation that you have maybe resonated with recently or that helps you when you are having a shit day, you're getting stuck in whatever to get unstuck, basically something that maybe if, if you could leave with the listeners. I have on my, one of my commitments for this year for 2022 was just to show up, right? It's like, it. regardless of how I'm feeling, um, I got shit sleep last night, you know, I knew I had a couple podcasts to do today. I've got a Facebook Live later today. I've got client consults all day. It's like, listen, the best thing I can do is just show up, commit to the process, and, and I'll do my best and, and we'll work it out, right? Is um, I, especially for us as entrepreneurs, I think that there's so much unknown, right? Around and, and potential fear and, and, and even perhaps anxiety around doing these uncomfortable things every single day that force us to grow as an individual, as a business owner, um, as a man, as a woman, you know, and it's like, well, you know, we got to continue to throw ourselves in the fire and just show up, right? Let's put ourselves in those uncomfortable positions because that's going to, that's what's going to build strong, resilient humans. Yeah. That's where we grow. I love it. Okay. Final question. And then I'm going to have you tell everybody where they can follow you, where they can work with you, um, all of the above. What is one non-negotiable that you have in your morning routine or your nighttime routine? Um, morning is just drink a glass of water, wake up, drink a glass of water, get to work. I don't, I don't have like a elaborate morning routine. I've, I've been there, done that. And, uh, for me, I found what seems to work the best for the evening is, um, I, I mean, I just try and shut it down as early as possible, which can be difficult with preteens now. It's like they continue to just want to stay up later and later. And I'm a grumpy old man who wants to be asleep by 830 because I get up early. But um, the, the non-negotiable is like no TV, no cell phone. Um, and, and I get on my wife all the time cause she'll like have her cell phone in bed and it drives me absolutely freaking crazy. I'm like, do you know how bad that is for you? The 5g is killing us. No, I love That's why I'm I like asked non-negotiable because like the idea of just drinking water people to your point, think it has to be this like crazy elaborate thing. It's like, just, I have to drink water before I do anything else. That's it. So I love that. No, it's get up, drink a big glass of water, then make the coffee. Let's get to work. And same thing for bed. It's like, turn the lights off, you know? get your phone, phone out of the room and commit to going to sleep at a reasonable time. Like you'd be amazed at how much other stuff falls into place. If you could just commit to a couple of those habits. I love it. I love that. Well, you are, like I said, one of my favorite people I could talk to you all day. Definitely want to have you back on the podcast, but in the meantime, please tell people where they should can follow you. I know you have an amazing Facebook group as well for building a community. Um, so just drop all the, all things yeah. Ben Brown. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's pretty straightforward. I mean, we're at BSL Nutrition on Instagram, I suppose, uh, Facebook. Um, so we have a podcast called The Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show. That's everywhere, I believe, where podcasts are heard. Um, by that same token, is our we have a, a private Facebook community uh, called The Smart Nutrition Made Simple Community. And all you need to do is go to smartnutritionmadesimple.com. Um, to check that out. And then uh, we, our website is BSL Nutrition. Uh, 
Com. stands for Body Systems Labs. So you'd mentioned at the beginning our company Body Systems Healing and Performance, then we transitioned into Body Systems Labs, and now we are kind of just uh, known as BSL Nutrition. Love it. It'll all be in the show notes. Ben, thank you for your time and for your knowledge and for being you, and thank you for being on the podcast today. Thank you, Brianna. I really appreciate it. It was great catching up. Thanks. Ciao. Talk soon.